and this is what's happening on the hill. First of all, if you're visiting, we'd like to say welcome. We're glad you're here. And if you haven't already done so, we want to invite you to stop by the I'm New Wall in the lobby so we can say hello and give you a gift. This week, Jason is continuing our sermon series about the Advent Conspiracy. This week, we'll be learning about giving more. We know this can be a sensitive subject, so we're praying that God will open our hearts and our ears as we receive this message. Speaking of giving, we are currently preparing for our annual Together Initiative campaign that we launch every December. It is our hope that we will be able to fully fund our 2024 mission fund so that we can continue loving God, loving people, and watching Him change the world. Each week, you've been able to see and hear examples of our Together partnerships, and we ask that you prayerfully consider giving above and beyond your regular tithes and offerings for this campaign. This year, there are three ways to give to this campaign. As always, you can use the same tried and true red envelopes that you see placed around the auditorium. You can always go to our website, shelbychristian.org, and click on the Give tab, or you can scan the QR codes placed around the lobby. This year, you can also text to give by texting TOG plus the amount you'd like to give to the number 502-200-1152 where you will fill out a one-time registration, hit go, and then you'll receive a confirmation text. Thank you so much for giving. Finally, as we gear up for Christmas weekend, we'd like to remind you of all the surface opportunities we have here on the Hill. This year, we will have our regularly scheduled services on Thursday at 7 and Sunday morning at 9.30 and 11. And then we will come together again Sunday evening for our traditional Christmas Eve services at 6 and 11. We hope that you'll join us as we celebrate the hope of Jesus. 2023 has been an exciting year at Shelby Christian. As we close this year, we want to reflect on all the lives that we've seen changed and all the work we've seen God do. We know He's not done yet, and we'd like you to celebrate more baptisms with us. Let's celebrate Jesus.
This song's a new song. It's a little bit energetic, so just get ready to bounce a little bit, okay? Wandering to the night, wanting a place to hide this weary soul. This bag of bones.
you're here you can sit down real quick we're so glad that you're here wow get up out of that grave hey if you're in a grave today today's to get today's the day to get out of it amen so we've been lighting advent candles each week and the first week we had hope the second week we had faith and this week we have joy everybody say joy Joy. i'm gonna light this candle here magically Lord, would you just light this candle today with the joy that's in this place? Thank you, Lord. You know, when I was a kid, and maybe you were too, uh, you liked the uh, show Charlie Brown's uh, Christmas. And that was one of my favorite ones as I was growing up. And even as I got older and had children, that became a very special 
thing that we watched together. And it was great because we see the hustle and bustle happening um, in the show, in the cartoon. But later on, it came to the crux of Christmas, right? It came to the, to the heart of the matter of Christmas, and it was my favorite part. But they were trying to get ready for Christmas and trying to have a tree. And everybody knows that the little tree was a little sparse twig, right? And everybody was kind of tore up about it. Like, Charlie Brown was tore up about it, right? But I remember Linus said something to Charlie Brown. He said, Charlie Brown, you're the only person I know that could take a season like Christmas and turn it into a problem. That's what he said. And Charlie was like, well, what's the true meaning of Christmas? And then Linus stepped up, and the spotlight came on him, and he said this. He started reading out of Luke, and he started reading this story that goes like this. That night, there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, lowly shepherds, and they were guarding the flocks. And suddenly, you're laying there in the, in the grass, and suddenly a light appears. It's an angel of the Lord, and they're scared out of their minds, and They don't know what to think, but they said, it's okay. Don't be afraid. Today, I bring you good joy. I bring you great news, good tidings for every person in the world. Because today I bring you news that there will be a Savior born for all the world. And so when I think about joy, there's a quote that I found as Leo but Shklagla, he says, worry never robs tomorrow of its sorrow, but it only saps the joy from today. And if you didn't get that, let me read it one more time. Worry never robs tomorrow of its sorrow, right? It only saps the joy for today. So my, what I want to impart to you today is that we can only have true joy when we rely on the Holy Spirit because that's one of the fruits of the Holy Spirit is joy and love and peace and patience. But joy is one of those things that attracts the world to the light of Jesus in us. Amen? It's joy that we walk through day to day in our lives when we're facing the world and our jobs at school or wherever it is. It's the joy that makes that person say, what is it that they have that I don't have? So I want to challenge you today to look introspectively into your heart today, into your life today, and ask you this question. Do you relay the joy of Jesus, and especially during the Christmas season? We have one week. What can you change in that one week that can make Christmas special this year? Would you just bow your heads with me as we pray? Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you for your Holy Spirit that comes and empowers us to live a life that's pleasing to you and to live a life that's victorious only through you because of your Son. So God, would you just empower us and open our eyes and enlighten us to see that maybe we need to embrace joy during this holiday season. We love you, and it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Can you stand and sing with us?
has come Divinity incarnate Creator of the world Breathing out air Behold what light has come The dark cannot contain it the Savior of the world is finally
Hey guys, good morning. Merry Christmas. One week from today. Do you guys remember when you were a little kid, that the month of December, didn't it seem like it lasted forever, right? It's like, all right, it's December. It's not like a normal month. Because when you're, when you're a little kid and you're waiting for, for, for Christmas Eve, you're waiting for Santa, you're waiting for the presents, you're waiting for all the stuff that comes along with Christmas for kids, it, it seems like it takes forever. Is it here yet? Is it here yet? When you're, when you have, if you have real little ones that, that can't like look at a calendar or can't tell time or don't really understand days and weeks and whatever, and it's like, is today Christmas? Is today Christmas? Is it Christmas yet? Is it Christmas Eve, right? And you get to that time where it's like, it's finally here. It, it, it's finally arrived. Sometimes the waiting can be the hardest part. Have you guys ever had to wait for something, something significant for a really long time, and the waiting, and the waiting just kills you, just drives you crazy. Maybe you've taken uh, your kids on, on vacation, and you get in the car, and you know you've got a 15-hour car ride ahead of you, and you pull out of Shelbyville, you're not even to Lexington yet, and what do they start saying? Are we there yet? Are we there yet? Are we there yet? Can we, can we, can we stop? And like the, the waiting, the anticipation of something significant is, is, is exciting, but it also can be exhausting. Did you guys know that if you take the, the, the Bible, and you take just the Bible, and, and you look at, at the, the divide between the Old Testament and the New Testament, usually in, in most of our Bibles, it's, a, it's one white single page of paper. It's the divide, right? This is the Old Testament, the, 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 the book of Malachi, and then it's the, the gospel, Matthew, right? And, and so there's this one page. There's this one single white piece of paper. Did you know that that white page represents 400 years of silence from God? 400 years where God does not deliver a word to the people. No prophets, nothing. No spoken word, no no voice from heaven, no leaders. It's 400 years where the people begin, you can imagine, generation after generation of, of, of telling about the coming of the Messiah. God has promised us a Messiah to come. Well, Dad, where is he? Granddad, where is he? Great-granddad, where is he? Great-great-great. 400 years of waiting and nothing from God. You can imagine Right? The, the people, after about a hundred years, probably start to question. Things aren't going too well down here, God. We, we probably need a word from you. We probably need a little help. Could you send us someone? Could you send us something? And nothing. For decade after decade after decade, year after year after year. And you can, you can imagine people start to question. Maybe, maybe there wasn't a God after all. Maybe he's dead. Maybe he's forsaken us. Maybe, maybe this was all just for naught. This was all just a big waste of time. And so there's despair. Because sometimes it's so hard to wait for something significant. Did you guys know Advent? I want you to look at this uh, description of, of definition of Advent. It says this. Advent simply means the arrival of a notable person, thing, or event. 
When we talk about Advent, the Advent season, right? The Advent conspiracy in this sermon series we're going to talk about this morning, uh, the, the third part of this. We're talking about the, the, the anticipated arrival of, of someone significant. When we talk about Advent, you've maybe heard the word Advent used before. The Advent of the iPhone, right? The Advent of the computer, the Advent of the TV, the Advent of the wheel, right? These significant things that arrive on the scene that, that make life better. But when we talk about this Advent season, there's this significant thing that happens. And here's what we need to understand. Yeah, 100 years, 200 years, 300 years, 400 years of silence. God, why did it take so long? Why did you wait so long? And what God shares with us is that his timing is perfect. When the time was right, right? That when the, when the time was just right, God sent his son. And so there's this anticipated season of waiting for the arrival. And God decides that it was the right time. And silence is broken and heaven is unleashed and the rescue plan begins to be unveiled. You've probably heard the, the phrase or the name Emmanuel we talk about it this time of year. Emmanuel simply means God with us. And and we know, those of you that have been around for Christmas at church, you know that, that this is about that. This is about God being with us. But here's, here's the, here's the fear Here's the, the frustration that I carry a lot, of, a lot of seasons when we get to Christmas. I love it, obviously, because for at least for a moment, the whole world, if they'll pay attention just a little bit, they'll see Jesus, hopefully, right? But, but for a lot of us, it, it's, it can become this thing where we miss it. We miss what it, what it really is about because we get so busy we, we're going, you know, this week, I'm sure for, for all of us, you guys will be going in all kinds of different places with parties at work and with your family and with your friends and you're running to the mall and you're having meals and you're watching football and you're doing all this stuff and it's this stuff that you gather and there's trees and there's presents and there's lights and all that stuff is, is cool. It's fun, right? But if we're not careful, sometimes we need to stop and just be mindful of, oh yeah, God, this is about a God who decides... It's time for him to be with us. From the beginning, the Christmas story has been one of fulfilled longing, right? It reaffirms our faith and it gives us this reason to celebrate the goodness and the nearness of God. Many times it's hard to see God at work in our mess, right? It's hard to see God at work in the messiness of our world. It's hard to see through all the stuff to say, God, yeah, I see you there. I see you working. Imagine being the Israelite people and, and, and wanting, waning, desiring, hearing tell of story after story, tradition after stri- tradition that was passed down about this Messiah that was coming. And after a while, the kids began to go, yeah, we've heard that. You guys have been talking about that for years. And it's still, it hasn't happened. It's never going to happen. Forget about it. Let's move on with life right? And, and just at the right time, the heavens burst open and God begins to reveal his rescue plan. So my challenge for, for us today 
is to make Christmas meaningful again. To, to look at this Advent conspiracy and think about what it looks like, what the message of Jesus can still do to change the world. And so that's what we want to do today. Over the last two weeks, we've talked about this next slide here. We've talked about the first two aspects of this, right? Two weeks ago, talked about what it looks like to worship fully, right? Because Christmas begins and it ends with Jesus, or or at least it needs to, right? We need to, to worship fully, like we've done this morning, to say, Jesus, this is all about you. God, this is all about your plan, and the timing was perfect. This is about, Bobby talked last week about spending less. We, we, we challenge you guys, we challenge our church to, to look at an opportunity to spend less this Christmas season and free up some of your resource, resources for things that, that truly matter right? Have you ever, have you ever gone shopping? Maybe you'll do that this week. Maybe you'll do that today or this week. Have you ever gone shopping for a gift that you were obliged to give? That you just like, I have to do this because it's like, it's not, there wasn't a lot of meaning behind it, but you know, I got to get this gift. And like, it, there's not a lot of thought. There's not a lot of heart behind it, but you're just spending money because it's expected of you to spend money on this thing for this event or for this person or for whatever, right? And so we all get in, get in that routine. We get in that rut of like, we're spending money that we don't have. We're spending money that we're like, it's not fun to spend it. Like, why are we doing this? And so what if, right? What if the Advent conspiracy was about us just stopping, long enough to say, God, we want to worship you fully. And and we're going to spend less on things that don't really matter so that, so that here's what can happen. We, We can give more, not just of our finances or resources, but that we can give more of our hands and our words and our hearts. This, we're going to talk about this one today, what it looks like to give more of yourself to others when you give gifts, relational gifts. We're we're going to talk about that today. And then next week, Dave's going to talk about what it looks like to, to love all. And so, Let's think for a second what it is to to give more, what that looks like and what that can look like in our lives. I want you guys to think about this. Think about the most memorable gift you've ever been given, all right? Do you have a gift that you cherish? Something that that, that maybe sits on your desk or sits in your home or or that you you remember and it's like the, the most cherished gift you've ever been given, Chances are that the reason why you cherish that, you think about that, that that is so special to you is because it celebrates a relationship. The best gifts, the best gifts that we can give celebrate relationships. But I want to share uh, some examples of that with you today to maybe challenge you and inspire you and encourage you to think differently this Christmas season about what it looks like. Here's a couple of pictures. The, these are uh, pictures of these th- these items are on in my office on my desk. And this first one here, um, this was my son Brody when he was about eight years old. So it says 2016. Th- they decided to d- design these little mugs. And so and he, he's a great artist, as you can tell. Right, and so eight-year-old Brody made me this mug, and if you can't tell, it says football, and then it says UK, and then it says Kentucky, sorta, kinda, and then this is this is a football field, and so, and then so it has it has Brody down at the bottom, and he he did this right, and you would look at this and go, man, I hope that guy's gotten better in art class right over the years, right? But it's precious to me. Because you know what it does? It reminds me of, of something that we share together, a passion, 
right? We, we love to go to football games together. We love to cheer on the cats together. He loves sports, just like his dad. Um, my wife, over the years, says when, when Brody gets involved in sports and gets so excited about it, he's, he's writing things in journals, and, and he's, he's watching all the stuff, and he knows all the stats, he knows all the players of every sport. He does all this stuff, and it is exactly the way I was when I was a kid. And my wife looked at me one day, she goes, you've created a monster, right, around sports. And so, but Brody, and so he did this, he created this, because he knows that that, he knows that the dad would appreciate that. And so that, I love that mug. I've never drank out of that mug. It's just sitting on my desk and I look at it all the time and I'm reminded of an eight-year-old Brody. This one is one that my wife created. I think it was Father's Day. And it's just an outline of my hand and then Brody's and Braden's. Same year, 2016. Brody was eight. Braden was four. And it's just, it's cardboard. It's construction paper. You can tell my wife's a teacher because she's got the fancy little teacher writing there. It's got a little crack up there because it's just a plastic, you know, frame. And it's just plastic and paper. And if you saw that laying somewhere, you'd think, oh, that's cute, but that's not, doesn't mean much. But to me, that's, that's invaluable. Th- those are gifts that somebody took time and thought about me and the relationship that we have and gave those gifts. And so what would it look like? What would it look like for us if we celebrated Christmas this season and gave gifts that were relational? Here's one of the things I want to I share with you this morning. God gave us his presence, right? He gave us his presence, not necessarily more presence. God, God, when he looks at us, he says, you know what those people need? They need more stuff. <laughs> they, they need more clothes and they need more shoes. They need more stuff. And so I'm just going to give them a bunch of stuff. That's not what he did. That's not what he did at all. And God, God looked at us and he said, here's what they need. They need a relationship. They need a God with skin on. They need a God that has, that has blood running through his veins, right? That, that, that looks like them and that can relate to them and that can talk to them and that can be with them. That's what they need. And so God gave us more of his presence. And so maybe for you, the thing that you can do is that you can celebrate Christmas this year by giving people, not presents, but your presence, being present with them. I, I love this, um, this idea that we understand it's, it's when this invisible God becomes visible. That's what, that's what Christmas is about, right? Look at this passage of Scripture, Colossians 1. It says this. Paul's writing this, and he says, Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. He existed before anything was created and is supreme over all creation. For through him, in the heavenly realms and on earth, he made the things that we can see and the things that we can't see, such as thrones and kingdoms and rulers and authorities in the unseen world. Do you know that there's this unseen world? Do you feel it? Do you sense it? There's this unseen world at play out there. And God says, Paul says, that God created everything, seen and unseen. The the visible God, the invisible God, he created it all and he did it all through Christ. Everything was created through him and for him. He existed before anything else, and he holds all of creation together. And when you think about a God who would step out of the throne room of heaven and enter his creation, the the humbleness that it would take 
for God to say, I'm going to leave this. I'm going to enter into what I've created. And and the the people, by the way, they have made it a mess. So it's a mess down there. But I'm going to go down there and, and I'm going to enter that. And I'm going to do it just the same way that they've all entered planet Earth. Through a woman. Through a birth. As a baby. Right? And so... We, we miss it sometimes because when we look at passages like this, we have to understand that this God that does all of this, that created it all, that's done it all, that set it all in motion, that God decided to be Emmanuel, God with us. And we can't miss that at Christmas. And so when we take time to be with others we need to understand that it's, it's a gift and it can be this relational gift because God is relational. We are made to be with each other. We are made to hear the voice of one another, the face of one another, to hold another, another person's hand. And it's that way. It's those things. It's those opportunities that remind us that we are not alone. God's story, the Christmas story, reminds us that you don't have to do this on your own. That you, you don't have to save yourself because you can't save yourself. God's got a plan. He's got a rescue plan. And so for us, when we celebrate Christmas, some of the things we can do when we give gifts and we think about others is we can celebrate the relationship because God wants to celebrate the relationship that he has with us. And so here's the challenge today. Consider how you can creatively express to friends or family members how much you want to be with them this Christmas season. I'm going to give you guys a couple, uh, a few examples this morning. I read a story about an adult man who decided to give his... He decided to give his, his, his dad a bag of, of coffee beans at Christmas. And so when dad opens the, the bag of coffee beans at Christmas, there's a note attached. And this, the note simply says, Dad, you're not allowed to have this coffee, to drink any of this coffee, unless, unless we get to have the coffee together. And so over the next year, when I come to visit... We'll break out this bag of coffee beans, we'll make some coffee, and we'll sit, and we'll share coffee together, and we'll talk about life. That was the present. You can imagine what what that says to that father. What's it say to the father? It says, my adult son, who's off now doing whatever, whatever the world has for him, he's raising a family, he's at work, he's doing all these things, he's so busy with life, but he's thought enough of dear old dad to say, hey dad, I, wanna, I just want to spend some time with you. When, when I come over, let's break out the coffee and, and let's just share some time together. It's this relational gift, right, that, that means so much. So give more. Here's a challenge. Give more by giving your presence to loved ones this Christmas. Think about ways that you could give a gift like that. You know, the gift of Jesus was a very personal gift. Over and over and over, you read the Gospels, it shows this relational nature of Jesus. He simply, Jesus, when you read his life, read about him in the New Testament, he just simply loved being with people. He loved connecting with people. He loved getting to know people and hearing their stories and understanding their hurts and understanding their, tri- their trials and understanding what they were going through in life. He loved simply being around people. He, he, he would pay attention to them. He would listen to them. He would notice them. He would do all of the things. Jesus would do all of the things with people that people who are so hurried 
forget to do. Chances are, there is someone in your life that cares deeply about you. And you're going to run across them over the next couple of weeks. You're going to go to their house. You're going to spend time with them. You're going you're to go in. You're going to share a minute. You're going to rush out. And you're going to rush to the next thing you're going to go, right? And so we do all this stuff and we're running, running, running like crazy. And, and chances are there's someone in your life that, that they don't want another gift. They don't, they don't need another pair of socks. They don't need another shirt. They don't need anything from you other than they just want to spend time with you. They just want you to know that that you're engaged enough to sit in their presence and enjoy their company. The, The gift that you can give this year is your presence. Because here's what we know. Here, this is this is pretty pretty certain that this is the truth. And in a gathering this big with with the three services, there's going to be someone that's sitting out here this Christmas that may not be here next next Christmas, and you're going to long for just one more opportunity. Do you know? Do you know what I'd give? If I could walk through the house one more time and just look at my dad and say, hey, Pop, Merry Christmas. He's in heaven celebrating the best Christmas ever. And I don't get another opportunity to spend time with him here on earth. We'll get to do that someday in heaven. But if you have the opportunity, there are people in your life that what they want more than anything else, the gift of just a personal connection, a relational gift that you can give them. Because here's what the gospel shows us. The gospel shows us how much God's gift of Jesus was personal to every one of us. You guys remember this passage? You probably learned this. Maybe if you've been around church for a long time, look at this next passage. It's John 3, 16. Go to the next one. It says this. If you went to Bible school or or church camp, you you learned part of this, right? You probably remember this. If you haven't been in church at all, this will change your life today. Pay attention to this. For this is how God loved the world, right? This is is what he did. He loved the world so much he gave, right? Circle, underline, highlight, notice. He, He gave. It was a gift. His one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. What a gift. God sent his son. He he said, Jesus, you're going to step down out of heaven. I need you to go down there. The, The rescue plan is now in motion. He sent his son into the world, not to judge the world, not this time at least. He'll come back and do that later. But he says, I'm going to send you into the world, not to judge the world, but to save the world through him. Christmas. That, that is the gospel message, Christmas, all of it wrapped in one. There it is. This is what happened. This is the truth. And this is what God did for us. This relational giving means that we pay attention to others. God was paying attention and said, uh, they don't need stuff. They need a savior. They, they need a God with skin on. They, they, need, they, need, they need me. And so Jesus, Go. Go and show them what God looks like. Show them what God sounds like. Show them who God really is. Here's another example of a relational gift. A father and his teenage daughter were enjoying their last Christmas at home before she headed off to college the following summer. 
For him, the days were beginning to blur into weeks, and the little girl that was bouncing on his knee yesterday was now heading off to college tomorrow. What did the father give his daughter for Christmas? Well, two beautiful blank journals with these instructions inside. She was to fill one, and he would fill the other. During the next year, which would include her final days of high school, an all-too-brief summer, and her first semester away from home, they both committed to writing. Writing thoughts about leaving home, about questions and fears, about frustrations with overprotective parenting. What it meant to let go. How it feels to watch your child become an adult. And then the next Christmas, they would exchange their journals. Journals. Can you imagine the anticipation that next Christmas when they knew they were going to get to exchange those journals? They, they, they wrap them up and it's this president's there underneath the tree and, and she knows, right? She knows that's, that's the journal that my dad's been writing in all year. And so he's, these thoughts, his heart is in this journal. And he knows th- th- this, is, this is the journal of his now college-age daughter. And he's like, what's going to be in there? Is there going to be some things in there that I'm not going to want to read? Is this going to be painful, right? But there's this anticipation of reading that, of sharing that gift. What a relational gift, right? And, and what is it? It's just two notebooks, And so let me encourage you, maybe you give more by giving personal gifts this Christmas season. Gifts like that. One last example of what a relational gift looks like. I love this one. It says, two women who uh, gave their Nana, who lived in another state, the most precious Christmas gift to celebrate their relationship. It consisted of a large mason jar full of colorful strips of paper, 52 of them to be exact, exact. The instructions were simple. At the beginning of each week, the following year, Nana was to randomly pull out one of the pieces of construction paper. On it, she would find a story handwritten by one or both of her great-granddaughters. The story would recount times that they had spent together with their Nana. I remember you walking me around the pond feeding the ducks. The story might begin. The gift was a celebration of the very personal moments that this grandmother had invested in these two young women. It was a way of telling her that they had not forgotten the relationship. And every Monday morning became Nana's favorite time of the week. If you are a grandparent or a great-grandparent, and you have kids and grandkids that are all spread out all over the place, how special would it be to just be reminded every week of a story, of something that they cherish about you and the relationship that you have with them, right? What would it look like? What would it look like in our lives if we gave more by giving relational gifts this Christmas? It may cost us a a bag of coffee beans or a couple of blank notebooks or a mason jar and some paper, but it could be much more than that. What if we said, you know what? The most extravagant, the most expensive the, the, the thing that, that costs the most isn't really the most special. What's special is that we celebrate the relationships that we have. Because Jesus, he, he, was, he perfected relationships. He perfected what it looks like 
to just share with one another, to be present with one another. If you read the Gospels, he's never in a hurry. He's never in a rush. Now, he would break off from his friends. He would break off from the group. He would break off from the crowd, and he would go spend time alone with the Father. And then he would come back, and he would spend time with people. You know what that looks like? It it looks like a person who loved God and loved people. That's exactly what that looks like. And so for us, what would it look like if we said, God, I'm going to spend more time connecting with you this year, this new year, but I'm also going to commit to spending more time with the people that you've blessed me with because we're not guaranteed another moment with them here on this earth. And so what if we started cherishing those things more? What if, what if Christmas was no longer about the urge to collect more stuff? What if we could spend less and give more and worship fully and love everyone? What if we could do that all year long? What if, what if this series, what if the Advent conspiracy compelled us as a church to do something different, to make Christmas different this year? And in the years to come. One of the reasons we're talking about this series and we're talking about giving more and not giving more of, of our financial resources, at least at this point, is because we need to free those things up, like we said last week, to help with things that really matter. And so every week in the month of December, we've been showing you guys a little small video of just some of our Together Partners folks that are doing things right here in our community and in other parts of the world that are doing things in the name of Jesus. And what we've been tasked as a church to do is to go and to share that gospel message with the world. It starts right here in Shelbyville, Kentucky, and it can go to the ends of the earth. If we start to be people who say, you know what? I don't need that anymore. I don't need that, that, that stuff anymore. It's just going it, to, it, here's what's going to happen, right? It's going to pile up in a big pile in the corner of your bedroom. And six months from now, you're going to throw it in a trash bag and you're going to take it to Goodwill. Right? I, I, I made a, a trip to Goodwill two or three days ago. Four big bags of stuff. It's like, ha, some of it never worn. Why do we do that? Why do, we, why do we continually just kind of be a part of this retail circus, this consumption thing that just kind of eats us up and gives us nothing but a, a soulless inside? Have you ever gotten to the end of, of the Christmas season and thought, man, did I miss it this year? Did, did we miss it? We were so busy. Miss it because God wants to do something. He wants to do something in you and in your family and in our community. I want you guys to watch this together video. This is one that's going to kind of share with you something that's going on now, but it's also going to be happening in 2024. I want you guys to take a look at this. Hey, hello everyone. My name is Michael McLaughlin, and I am coming to you today as a member of our missions team and a deacon of our school partnership work here at Shelby Christian. I want to first take a moment to thank you for your support of our Together offering last year at Christmas time. This uh, 2023 calendar year, we've been able, through our school partnership work and through your efforts, to work on a mentoring program at our middle school level. We've been able to fund an FCA and help them get some money to get off the ground with some programming. We've been able to have volunteers in elementary schools to help with reading assessments and reading programs. We've been able to um, do so many things that are possible through your support, not only through your prayer, but through your support with the offering. 
So I want to thank you for that. I'd also like to encourage you to be thinking about this year's Together offering. For our 2024 year, we plan on and we'll be expanding our mentoring program at the middle school level. We're going to be piloting some reading buddy programs at the elementary school level and looking to grow and expand our impact on hundreds and really thousands of lives uh, in Shelby County. So when we talk about together in terms of for the community, for the church, and for the world, our school partnership work is a huge part of what we talk about when we say for the community. We are in our schools. We are helping and impacting hundreds and thousands of students every year. Um, through events like our mentoring, through the support of ReadyFest, providing supplies and hygiene items to hundreds and actually thousands of students to start the school year. So I want to say thank you for your support this year. I hope that you'll be praying about and thinking about continuing to support and growing your support as we look to grow our programs and impact even more lives. So just thank you for all that. And again, Merry Christmas. So what would it look like? What would it look like if a, if a community of changed lives said, God, you blessed us with so much. We don't need another thing. What we need, we need hearts that are changed. We need lives that are changed. We want to celebrate that in our community as we close out 2023 and move into 2024. Those are the things that God wants to do in us and through us as we give more. And so it's time for us to, to pray, and I'm going to challenge you guys to, to get up here in a second and move and come get your communion and give your offerings. If you want to grab one of the red envelopes for our Together offering, which we'll gather uh, on Christmas Eve, you're welcome to do that as well. If, if you want to pray with one of our pastors, Dave and Bobby and some other folks to be over here beside the, the baptistry on the cross, they'd love to connect with you and pray with you if, if there's something you need to share this morning or you need to talk to someone. But you guys stand with me. I'm going to pray, uh, and then we're going to move, okay? Let's pray. God, thank you for today. Thank you for the opportunity to gather in this place, to sing worship songs to you, to be reminded of, of what you've done through your son, Jesus, who you gave freely to us. God, we know that it wasn't easy. We, we know when we read scripture, we, we know that it was heartbreaking when you saw Jesus on that cross. We, we know that you turned your head because you couldn't stand the sight of it. But you did that for us. Because of us. Because of our sins. Because we find ourselves in a fallen, messed up world that needs a savior. That needs a rescue plan. And you did that through Jesus. Thank you for this time right now that we're mindful of that. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You guys are welcome to move. The storms of life, they come and the road.
steep I will lift these hands in faith I will believe I remind myself of all that you've done and the life I have because of your son love came down and rescued me love came down and set me favorite groups, uh, Stu uh, read about it earlier in the service, is the shepherds. 
Did you know that the shepherds that were there in Bethlehem were, were not just your ordinary sheep farmers? These were rabbinical shepherds. They were trained in the law of Moses. They were trained to look for and to raise and to breed sheep who were perfect, who were spotless, who who didn't have any imperfections. They they were raising sheep, lambs, that, that would be sent to Jerusalem, to the temple, six miles away, and these lambs would be sacrificed for the sins of the people. And so these shepherds in Bethlehem had a very specific job. When the lamb is born, and when it comes forth from the mother, check it over, inspect it, make sure its hooves look fine, make sure there are no brown spots or or black spots or, or one ear doesn't lean over and look funny, make sure it's symmetrical, make sure it's a perfect lamb that's pure and white. And if it is, take it and wrap it. This is what they were trained to do. Take it and wrap it, they said. Wrap it in swaddling clothes. Sound familiar? Wrap it in swaddling clothes, clothes, and this will signify a a holy birth. These shepherds would signify that this lamb was good enough to be sent to the temple for a sacrifice. Did you know that, that the shepherds who were out there in the field with these sheep, providing the sacrifice at the temple, they couldn't go to the temple themselves. They weren't allowed in the temple. Because they worked in the field and they they were around animals, and and the chances were that they were uh, involved with some unclean animals, different kinds of animals, they they were ceremonially unclean and were not allowed into the temple at all. Couldn't get close to the temple. They just had to take the sheep and ship them off to Jerusalem. It's interesting that God came to those sheep in that field on that night. He came to the men. He came to the people who couldn't get to church, who weren't allowed in church. He came to them with the message that there's another lamb that's been born. And this lamb's going to change things forever for eternity. Look at this. For you know that God paid a ransom to save you from the empty life that you inherited from your ancestors. And it was not paid with mere gold or silver, which loses their value. It was the precious blood of Christ, the sinless, spotless lamb of God. God chose him as your ransom long before the world began. But now in these last days, he has been revealed for your sake. The cross reveals what God did for our sake. The cross reveals what Jesus has done for us. We will gather around a Christmas tree and we'll give gifts. There will be gifts placed under a tree this year. God placed the most precious gift of all. On a tree for you and for me. Let, let's take and let's take the juice that reminds us of blood that was shed for our sins.
Now, you guys have a seat for one more second. We're almost done. And again today, I, I love everything Jason had to share, but I hope you realize that right there gets to the day. Uh, to remember and to lead in the communion. I, I hope on the way in this morning you got a white sheet like this. Uh, if you didn't, you can grab one in the lobby on your way out. Cause we only vote on things here once a year. It's one of my favorite things that we only have one vote a year. Just one. It's today, okay? And we vote on two things every year. We vote on men who are willing to be our leaders next year, who are willing to be our elders. And so on one side of the sheet of paper, you can see a list of men who have agreed to uh, serve. Some of them serve again because they serve three-year terms. And so some of it's just reaffirming uh, two more years or one more year. But the top three names on the list are the guys that are coming on for the uh, to begin a three-year term next year. Uh, on top of the list, Gene Floyd. And Gene, are you back there? Gene's way back there. Gene has been a deacon like since the ark landed, all right? He's been here uh, since before me helping with benevolence and and has agreed to serve a three-year term as elder. Uh, This will be his first time serving as elder. Michael Peach, who will be in the next service, uh, begins his three-year term as elder. And Kevin Sweezy is right back here, is returning uh, as an elder for a three-year term. Uh, And so we are excited about this team. And so here's all we ask you to do is just to either give them a vote of affirmation, yes, just check or put an X or circle or whatever, uh, which one of those. uh, And the only thing we ask as a church by our bylaws is that if you choose to vote no for a person, it be on a scriptural reason. Like if you went to high school with them and you thought they were mean to you in high school, that's not a biblical reason, okay? Uh, But if there's a biblical reason, we ask you to give that reason. uh, And you can choose to sign it or you can choose not to sign it. Either one is fine. On the other side of the sheet is our budget for the coming year. Our budget for next year is going to be $38,000 a week. Uh, we've been at 37000 a week for three or four years now. And, and to increase some things that we're doing, that's going to go up $1,000 a week next year. Uh, and so voting yes on this is saying two things. We agree with the budget and the things that are outlined there. Um, but also, we're going to support that. We're going to give toward that on a regular basis. The one thing I do want to explain, because uh, sometimes it gets confusing, is we've been talking all month about our Together initiative of our Together offering next week, the red envelopes. What you need to see is if you look down about halfway down the sheet with the numbers, you'll see missions, evangelism, no, missions, evangelism, benevolence. All right, missions, evangelism, benevolence. That is what it takes to do what we're doing the Together initiative for. But here's what I want you to see. It's all in the budget in case we don't get anything. But you'll also see a line on them on there that says future projects. It's zero. We don't want to go through a year with no future projects. So here's what the Together Initiative does. It front loads the mission budget, all right? A lot of people like to give year-end gifts and things like that. And so the more we can front load that budget, it allows our mission team, our Together team, to actually plan for next year because they got real dollars in hand versus waiting on the weekly offering every week and getting a percentage of that. But what we want you to know is missions is going to happen with or without Together. We're going to do that through our budget, all right? But if we can front load it, 
then that provides money not only so the mission team can do what they need to do to plan, but it also allows us to do things that aren't, we can't get in the budget any other way. So it's kind of a double win, okay? And so we just want you to know what that is. Like we said, you can get the red envelopes. You can also, out all around the lobby, for those of you who are tech savvy, uh, there are signs with QR codes all over the lobby out there. You can scan the QR code and make your Together Initiative gift uh, right on there. And then about the second week of January, we'll announce what that was and we'll be ready to start 2024 running. Because 2023 has been an incredible year, like arguably the best year ever in the history of our church. We've had the highest average attendance we've ever had, uh, well over 1,100 people uh, on an average weekend. We've had the most baptisms. We've got more coming next service. We've had a whole bunch of people that have just come already as baptized believers and joined the church, and we're, we're getting really close to 200 new members this year, which is incredible. Yeah, incredible. And so if, if you're one of those people, if you're one of those people that either placed your membership or were baptized this year, we're having a party for you on Wednesday, January the 10th, a new member party in here. We're going to just have a lot of fun, but we're also going to encourage you to take the next step and move forward. So plan on that. Uh, there, here's the two more things I need to let you know when we're out of here. First of all, today is a really cool day. I'm trying not to embarrass her, but... Ashley Sample sitting over here. Today is her one year sobriety date. And on when, yeah. And we want to invite you to come Wednesday night to Community Recovery at 6.30 over in the powerhouse room. Just go through door 24. She's going to be sharing her story, and it's an incredible, incredible, incredible story. And so anyone and everyone, whether you come to CR on a regular basis or not, uh, we'd love to invite you to that. And if that room gets packed, we'll just move in here, all right? And so uh, we want to let you know about that. And Christmas week, all right, here's the deal. Thursday night, and the two Sunday mornings next week, uh, I'll be back preaching, and they're the same, all right? It's just like a normal week, other than it's the end of this series, and it's Christmas. Then the two Sunday night services next week at 6 and 11, they are a very traditional Christmas Eve service with carols and candlelight and all that stuff. So, so a lot of people have been asking, is Sunday morning and Sunday night different? Yes. Okay, uh, so we want to let you know about that. Uh, and we know there's this other event that's going on Thursday night that starts like at six o'clock, I think, when they throw the ball up in the air. It starts at six. We'll have it on for a little while. It should be over by the time worship starts at seven anyway. So uh, anyway, so we'll, we'll put it back on uh, when worship's over, okay? So we're glad you guys are here, man. What an awesome, awesome day. Let's get out of here. Go love God, love people, watch him change the world.